It's me, DJ Envy, with the word of the day. Subscribe. That's it. That's the word. The Alive Podcast Network is global streaming platform that curates the best black creative content in one spot. Just for you, tap in today for $5 in iOS, Android, and AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Finally, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Welcome to the Positive Deposits podcast, where we transform minds to change lives. My name is Presley Nelson Jr., your host, and I'm so, so, so excited today. Um, but before we get into this, um, I just want to give a moment of silence. And um, uh, in this moment of silence is for George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, and Breonna Taylor. So let's just pay respect and give a moment of silence. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> so, man, you know, June is National Survivors Month. I don't know if you knew that, Flo. I and didn't I'm, know that. Yeah, so June is the is the month, and I'm so on fire just because, one, I'm a two-time survivor, but... Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a bison, two-time survivor, but for you, this is the ultimate survivor. And when I, you know, and I say that because like when I saw your Instagram, I was, and you told me, but just seeing it, I'm going to just say it like this, 16 rounds of chemo, 28 rounds of radiation, six weeks of physical therapy, five surgeries. And then you ended off with, I'm still here. You hit your three years in remission this year. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I'm just, I'm glad because I don't know if I told you, but you're the first bison um, to be on the show and Aww. we're doing the Howard Heroes series. So all the nice. Howard Heroes, we, uh, we got, I mean, the, the list goes on and on of fellow bison that actually beat and survived cancer. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, okay. when, what were you diagnosed and what age were you when, when this happened? I was 29, Two months, literally two months shy away from my birthday to the day where I was on the phone with the doctor and they said, we found cancer. This was after they had done a biopsy, but I actually went to the doctor and said, hey, something's not right because the tumor grew so fast and so big that if I was wearing this shirt, you could see a hump oh, wow. through my shirt. And I was like, that's, like I had had benignances before, fibroadenomas as they're called. Um, but they weren't painful. They weren't big. They didn't grow, you know, to a size where they were noticeable or anything. And that was when I was in my teens, but this one was different. It hurt. It was tender. Like I couldn't give anyone a hug. Like if I reached and hit something, I would literally tear up. It was definitely different than what I was used to. And then when it did the biopsy, they found it in three places. So let me ask you, Mm -hmm. what type of cancer did they find in three places? So I had invasive ductal carcinoma. It went from the muscle all the way to the skin. And then I had cancer cells in the lymph nodes, four out of 15 lymph nodes on the right arm, which is why I wear the sleeve since they removed those. 
and then the lymph nodes here at the collarbone, they found cancer cells here as well. So and I this was, is three, this is breast cancer, right? Yes, this is breast okay. cancer. Got you. And I was diagnosed at stage three C. So at first so, it was three so B. Yeah, what is what is because so like for me, I had stage one large B cell lymphoma and then I had stage four, but with breast cancer, you said three C. So obviously a stage three, and I'm just know what I know is like three places. Um mm -hmm. And I'm assuming underarm, maybe. Um, but for breast cancer, what does that mean? Three breast cancer, three C. Okay, so at first I was three B, based on the initial size that they thought the tumor was. That was before okay. I did uh, one of the scans, and they knew it was in the lymph node. So after I got the results of my scan, they were like, "Oh, it's bigger than we realized." It ended up being seven centimeters by seven centimeters by seven centimeters Jesus. and because of the it's basically the size of a cutie and it literally touched the muscle to the skin and they said we can't just cut it out because we would mutilate you and you'll just have to do more surgeries which yeah. is why i ended up doing chemo but the size of it and the fact that it moved so much if it yeah. had gone anywhere else i would have been terminal they so let just me ask you said i was stage four i know you jumped in and said you had the biops and things of that nature let's mm -hmm. go back Okay. When did you started to notice something was wrong? Like when did when did before you got the biopsy? What 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 was happening? You know, you said you saw the lump, but was there anything that happened before? Walk us through that. So actually, uh, WebMD told me I had cancer before I went to the doctor. The only time they've ever been right for me. Um, was it through a blood? Like through your blood? Like how did they know? You know. Actually, um, I don't I don't know how graphic we want to be but this, no this is this is where survivors thrive so let us okay. know what it is yeah so the first symptom beside the pain and you know something growing and it being odd there was bloody nipple discharge okay which is obviously not something that generally happens yeah. like sometimes breastfeeding mothers will go through things like that but i wasn't right, right. in that stage so i didn't understand what was happening so i looked it up and one of the potential causes was cancer. So I mm. went from there and I went to the doctor and I said, hey, this isn't right. Immediately, because I had to get, um, I had to see an OBGYN before I could get a referral to see an oncologist. So, and to and see a radiologist and do all the tests. So I went to the OBGYN and said, hey, this isn't right. Literally pointed it out like, hey, this isn't right. right. And all he said was, you're absolutely right. So <laughs> like, it wasn't <laughs> a, oh, let's look, let's of examine course. it. No, it was just like, mm, you're right. So yeah. here's everything you need. So went to see the uh, radiologist. They uh, had me do a mammogram, yep. which generally women don't do until they're 40. Wow. which should be much younger. Um, I know two other women that got diagnosed in their 30s with breast cancer that went to Howard. Um, okay. So definitely that should be younger, but I digress. Um, did a mammogram, did a breast ultrasound and a biopsy within like two weeks. Jeez. So I went to the OBGYN April 27th. I had the biopsy, I believe it was May 18th, after right. all the various appointments in between. May 23rd, I remember I had my biopsy, but I had a girl's trip planned, and I said, hey, I'm still going. I don't care. I was bandaged well, up. So where did y'all go? Where did y'all go? To Columbia. Okay. Medellin? Like, I was taped up. No, we actually went to Cartagena, but Cartagena. I was all okay. taped up and everything, getting in volcanoes. I was like, I can't submerge myself in the water, but I'm going to have fun. If it's going to be <laughs> cancer, I'm going to have fun on my way out, okay? So, right, right. 
I went and they actually called my mom first. My mom was with me when I got my mammogram and like with the blood, uh, not the mammogram, excuse me, the biopsy. So after laying flat and losing blood and them doing everything and then having to stand up and then get a mammogram, which is painful. Okay. So for no matter what size breast a woman has, and men can get breast cancer too, but specifically for the mammogram yeah. when women get them, I actually don't know how men get them, but I digress. Um, they literally squeeze your breast until an inch of your life. It's super painful, especially wow. when you have something that hurts already. And they just squeeze from all these different angles to try to get a picture of what mm -hmm. the inside looks like, what the tissue looks like. So after getting biopsied in I think three places and then putting metal clamps in my body, they then had to yeah. squeeze me, almost fainted. They had, oh, wow. they sounded an alarm. My mom's waiting and she's like, what's happening? The nurse is trying to make her feel better. Like, oh no, it's fine. My mom was like, yeah. you haven't even been in there. It's not fine. Right. They really had to restrain my mother from coming in that room. But wow. I was hyperventilating. I was lightheaded. They had to sit me down. I had a trash can between my legs. Like it was really bad. So I get back from Columbia. They'll say all that to say, I get back from Columbia. My mom drives from where she lived to where I lived in Florida four hours away on a Monday morning. Yeah. She shows up at my door unannounced. Clearly, I already know what the doctor said. I'm like, you right. just drove here on a Monday. I I'm pretty sure I got cancer. So she was like, I just wanted to be here when you called. Okay. Called the doctor. We found cancer. Okay. Wow. I didn't even go through like the five stages of grief. At that point, I had accepted it. I was just like, okay. Yeah. I didn't cry. I didn't, I was just like, let's fix it. I was like, take one, replace one. Just give me some new girls. I'll be ready by my birthday. It'll right. be fine. Like, I was just like, there's no reason to get upset about it. It's here now. What are we going to do? Just fix it. But like I said yeah. before, they couldn't just do the surgery. Right. So let me ask you, you know, um, and you're just walking me through. You went on vacation, you know, things <laughs> are going on. And, but like, when you sit back and think about it now, like, when you found out that you had cancer, how did you feel? What were their emotions? What was what was going through your mind? Was it a tornado? Um, I like for myself when I, I found out during CBC. Wow! And I was out with my peoples. We were at the B Smiths right at Union Station, mm -hmm. and you know my line brother was like, "Man, you don't look too good." I was, I'm good, you know. But once I fast forward, once I got to the hospital, and the doctor said I had a mask. I just broke down and cried, you know, because I'm like, I'm 29, see, 29. Um, I have cancer possibility before they did the biopsy. But for you, like, what did that feel? Did your heart drop? Like, what was that moment when, you know, when you found out? I think I might be one of the oddest cancer patients ever. <laughs> cancer, well, first of all, my cancer didn't make me feel sick. I was probably in the best shape of my life. I was working out five, six days a week. I was yeah. counting macros, all that kind of stuff. It was, it was so surreal to me to get cancer while I was trying to be so healthy. Wow. Um, so I felt fine. And yeah. I tell people all the time, cancer didn't make me sick. Chemo did. Chemo. Um, Are we going to get this post treatment? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I felt fine. And once like all the changes started happening with my body, I was just like, you know what? It probably is that. But I also was just thinking, I know other people that have either beat it or lived long enough to enjoy their life. Or I actually had a work mom that had breast cancer, did chemo, and it was terrible for her, which is why I was like, just do the surgery. Take one, replace yeah. one, give me some new girls, it'll be fine. Um, so my fear was chemo. 
chemo. Okay. Now, so why were you why were you afraid of chemo? Like you know, because we all hear about it, we 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 see it, we look it up. But what was your fear? What was that fear that you were feeling about chemo? When I saw my work mom go through it every day, she was still coming in the office, but she couldn't hold down any food. Like she she was literally surviving on Slurpees, and then yeah. she would throw that up. We would walk to Seven Eleven so she can exercise, get some air, and then on the way there, she's stopping at every trash can to vomit. She gets right. her slurping. She still can't hold that down. Right. Um, you know, she lost her hair. She was irritable. She just wasn't herself. She was so vivacious and full of life. So for her to turn into this other person, and then I lost her. Mm. And then my mentor had stage four cancer, and they gave her six months, but she made it another five years. And no matter what the treatment was, she never knew what she was going through. We were still exactly. traveling and living it up yep. and everything else. So I was just like, well, she did all these surgeries and, you know, she might've done the experimental things and clinical trials, but she lived, right? So I was like, just do the surgery. I'll live. I'll survive that. You yeah. know, I was like, I don't want to do chemo though. So that was the thing that upset me. That's what made my heart drop when they told me I had to. And I thought it, I was like, no, just do the surgery. So you, you, so you, you were afraid of the chemo. You were like, no, not happening. But you had to do the 16 rounds of chemo. Like, what was that, what was that like sitting in the chair, you know, in that first, cause you, did you, like how many bags did you have to go through? I had, I've always had to do four. I Our did. Time, what kind are of you, chemo? are you counting the saline? We don't gonna count that. Okay. I mean, we can count but, it, but I mean, you know, they have to give you saline, you know? I think, cause I was on the, what is it, the red devil? AC, oh, is that what yeah. it's called? You know what the I know what the Red Devil does. Ooh. Yes. So I did AC the first four weeks. Okay. Um, I think it was just pink bag and then like a white bag. White bag, and I yeah. think. And then I did Taxil, which I was allergic to. I literally would have itching fits, and it was mainly on the bottom of my feet. I don't know if you have ever had an itch on the bottom of your feet, but when it's uncontrollable, I was having panic attacks because my feet were itching while I was driving so, and everything. So like it was bad. Tight. So for, for those like, you know, we know what this stuff is, but like it's it explain, you know, I wouldn't say it would be like uh, chemo for dummies. You see what I'm saying? But, but like for the what, uninformed, for the uninformed, what does it mean with chemo? Like, okay. is there certain kinds? What like talk to them about that, especially for women or even men that may get breast cancer. Okay, so let me back up. How was it in the chair? The chair was very comfy. It was a recliner, it was plush. They gave you snacks and juice and they tried to make you as comfortable as possible. They would give me warm blankets. I have a pillow. Some people watch TV, some people read books. Yeah. I tried to sleep. Only problem was you're attached to a bunch of bags of liquid. You're gonna go to the restroom all the yeah. time. So sleep really isn't an option, um, but I got a port put in. Oh, yeah. let me back up. So the reason yeah, so why yeah, I ended walk, up doing so chemo. Yeah, walk us, walk us through the, the whole thing. Okay, so said no to chemo. Oh, yeah. let me, sorry, let me back up one more time before that. The first time I cried where it was cancer related was when I realized I would never be able to breastfeed my children. Mm. Like this is not me even knowing I may not be able to get pregnant, menopause, all that, like that came later. But just the thought that if I did the surgery, I would never be able to breastfeed because I wouldn't have any mammary glands left. That was the first time I cried. Yeah. The second time I cried was when I accepted I had to do chemo. Yes. 
So, and that happened when that scan I told you about where they showed me just how big my mass was. The mass was, yeah. That's when I accepted I had to do chemo. They uh, did the scan. They had a board that Thursday. I came in that Friday. They showed me the results and what right. the board said would be the best case. And they had this board where they have a bunch of doctors come together that they say, hey, this is what's going on. This is the case. What do you recommend? And everybody has to come to a consensus. So they came to the consensus on Thursday. Well, I can't. What happened? What 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 hospital you at? Because I needed that. Because they just <laughs> I did not get that whole, you know, the whole board meeting and everything like that. Like, so this is the funny part. I moved to South Florida April seventeenth of two thousand sixteen. Okay. I had been in Afghanistan for a year. Right. Got back to the states. My mentor passed from cancer in March. Right. I moved in April, got diagnosed in May. Jesus. And, you know, when you're looking for an apartment in a place you don't know, you're looking for familiar stuff, certain grocery stores or amenities, things like that. I ended up being 10 minutes door to door from the breast cancer center that's renowned in the area. Right. Okay. So then so, they, they had the meeting and then you had to go get your port, right? You had to get the surgery for the port. Mm-hmm. So... Thursday, board. Friday, I accept I have chemo. I break down at the hospital. Monday, I get my port. Tuesday, I start chemo. Oh, wow. So you, you started chemo. Um, when did you know you had to do the radiation? Um, towards the end. No. Was it the end of chemo or post-surgery? There, they had been mentioning radiation, but it hadn't been required at that point. Um, so, you know, you sit in the chair for hours, you're there all day, whatever. Right. I had my allergic reaction. They had to switch my drug. So the, my last nine weeks, I was on a different drug Why and they had to switch it, because of the itching and the panic attacks. Like I was getting rashes. Um, my heart rate got up to like 160 or 180 before treatment one day because the itching was just so intense. I couldn't sit yeah. still. I was like, like a Mexican jumping bean in my chair. Wow. And so this place had, you know, integrated medicine, acupuncture, massage, spa, wig place, all that attached to the breast cancer center. So I had been routinely getting acupuncture during treatment. So the lady saw me that morning, put some pins in my ear for me to calm down just so I yeah. could get treatment. Um, but anyway, so after I finished chemo October 2016 I had my surgery November 2016 they found cancer in the margin which means uh even though they took both breasts and the lymph nodes they still yeah. left the nipples but they still oh. found outside of the extra perimeter that they take around your mask they found right. cancer cells so they went back and took the nipple so I got one headlight as I say um one and, headlight. With, <laughs> and so with the cancer in the perimeter, they were like, oh yeah, definitely doing radiation just to make sure we got it all. Yeah, right. Um, so after the surgery, I couldn't lift my arms over my head. I was stuck like this. So I had wow. to do physical therapy because for radiation, I had to be like this and yeah. be able to hold it for 20 minutes. Right, right. So I did the six weeks of physical therapy just so I can get my arms high enough to do radiation. Right, and right. And I did it 28 days straight and it was very tiring, but I made it through. Man, Ooh. I'm sweating thinking about it. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm, I'm sweating, sweating with these hot flashes. <laughs> right. Um, what was your support network like? You know, like, um, you know, your not only your family, did you have bison family that was supported? How was that? How was your, your, your village? So that's the crazy part. 
Um, so I'm originally from Florida. So I was about four hours away from my hometown, a quick day trip for my people. Cause no one understood when I was like, you know, I don't want to talk. I don't want to, you yeah. know, at that point I started chemo and they started these injections that put me into menopause on top of the all chemo, right. putting me into menopause. So I was moody and all of that. But my family was like, we don't care. They just kept popping up on me. My right. sister flew in. I don't even know where she was at that time. Like she's overseas right now. So there's no telling what she was um, during this time. But she flew in to go to chemo with me. My friends drove down. My mom drove down. I actually did the last 12 by myself because I was like, that's too much. Like y'all yeah. got jobs and stuff. It's fine. Um, but I've had support from total strangers. Yeah. I've had just random people I met that supported me. And I actually met a bison randomly at the nail salon. We, we everywhere. We're, we're everywhere. everywhere. And we were at Howard at the same time and I never knew her, but we started hanging out. She got me out of the house. She was the only person I knew in a city where I knew nobody. Right. And I was stuck in the house because of cancer. So it was great. Yeah. How do you, you know, you, you had support, right? How important is it to have a support network, you know, um, rather than some people don't have support networks. So how, how, how did you feel? How was it important to you to have that? Like, to have that support around you to get you through this this tough period of your life it was so crazy i was so ungrateful wow I was so ungrateful um and i don't know if it was just the moodiness or what it was or me just dealing with it and the severity of the situation i yeah. didn't want to talk i didn't want to be bothered like sometimes i wouldn't answer my phone the only person that was guaranteed to pick up was my mother but that's because yeah. she would just drive four hours and be like you to answer the phone um, and I had to smile and put on a happy face and I didn't want to. And later I explained to my dad why I was so distant, but I'm so glad for all the people that pushed and were like, I'm going to be there for you anyway. When you're ready, I'm here. Yeah. Or people that just popped up at my house and was like, Hey, Hey, let, let we just go sit here and watch cartoons. It's fine. Um, right. but the thing is your mindset is so much more important than the people around you. Yes. Because some it's people around you yeah. want gloom and doom. And I had to tell people, if you're going to call me and cry, if you're going to call me and tell me how upset you are, if you're going to yeah. call me and tell me how stressed out you are about my diagnosis, you're getting hung up on. I did a Facebook yeah. video and I said, don't call me hooting and hollering all that. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not, we're, we're positive over here. We're good. Yeah. And see, the, the crazy thing, I, I like that because I, I did the same thing, right? There was people that the nurse would call um, and with woe is me, and I, I just said, you know, respectfully, I can't, I, you know, I'm good, you know, but I kept that same energy, like, I treat me like I'm normal, right? Don't treat me like I'm a, a you know, a soft case. I can't, I can't do it. And so um, I'm glad that exactly. you were able to even put it out there, like, hey, do PSA, if you're going to call me with your woes and worries, do not call me. And so, um, and you, like you said, you kept it positive. Um, and I think that was the big thing that helped everybody else get out of the, oh my God, it was just like, yeah. we're laughing at this. So I got my family on the hashtag cancer uh, yeah. bandwidth right. where it was just like, if I was walking slow or tired or whatever, <laughs> hashtag cancer. Yep. You already know. Like, so I was able to get them to laugh about it. Oh goodness. I was so, so tired all the time, especially yeah. with radiation. Like one, uh, one session mind you it was only 15 20 minutes long i slept in my car for three hours i didn't even leave the parking lot oh wow i was dog tired with radiation with chemo 
I had nausea, but never vomited. Thank God. You know, I lost my hair. Um, I think it was just that feeling of not feeling well. I just wanted to curl in the ball and sleep all the time. And then the hot flashes, which I still have. Did your diet change? You know, for me, it was kind of backwards, right? I was eating all the good stuff. I wasn't like, I was eating Jamaican food. That was my thing. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, Jamaican food was my thing. Now, I should have been eating, you know, better, but did your diet change? Did you, you know what I mean? Like, how was your <laughs> so, eating habits? I, when they first started talking about treatment, I was like, I'll go vegan. It's fine. I'll just go vegan and it'll, it'll clear right up. I'll be good. They were like, you can go vegan all you want to. You still need to do all this other stuff. And I was just like, right. boo. Um, but it was crazy. Going through chemo, they were like, don't lose weight. If anything, you need to gain weight. We don't care what you eat. Eat. Just eat. Because yeah. I didn't want to eat. I lost my appetite. Right, right. Um, they were like, just eat. And then I lost my sense of taste. So I basically survived on mango. That's mango. the, the Colombian mango where they put like vinegar and salt and pepper and all the stuff on right, it. Right. That was the only thing I could taste. So I basically survived that summer on mango. Um, but they were like, you just got to keep eating to make sure that you don't waste away. Cause if you lose weight, that's going to be bad, you know, going through chemo, whatever. And yeah throughout the whole thing they were constantly checking my blood all that kind of stuff and anytime i was consistently eating healthy my calcium was too high my potassium was too high my this my that whatever when i was eating crap i passed my blood work with flying colors so with my potassium being too high i had to go to the emergency room because they thought i was going to have a heart attack so now and then I get there and they're like, oh, it was a false positive. They probably let it sit there too long. You're fine. But now I have a $1,200 bill plus whatever else they're going to bill me for. Because y'all want to send me to the emergency room. I said never again. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Now, um, I see you have the, the arm sleeve. Why- yep, my lymphedema sleeve. So what, so what is that? Like, why do you have to wear that? Okay, so lymphedema is where the lymph, uh, <clears throat> lymphatic fluid fills up under the skin. Okay. And so since I don't have lymph nodes or all my lymph nodes on the right side, the fluid won't just go naturally like it would and process oh, wow. through. It'll literally sit under my skin and make my arm swell. So I massage my arm every day and okay. I wear this when I work, especially if I'm lifting anything, moving around, working out, I have to wear this because if my arm swells up to the point where massage won't make the fluid go out, they have to literally wrap my arm to yeah. like squeeze the fluid out. It just becomes a whole big mess. So I've been wearing this almost every day for three years now, four okay. years. So we in this COVID-19, right? Um, <laughs> staying in. So wear my mask. <laughs> right. I don't, I know I don't got my mask either, but what precautions did you have to take? Or, you know, are you, con- would you say you're considered high risk? So I've operated like I was high risk ever since I started chemo, even okay. After I finish treatment, I always fly with a mask on, all of that, even before COVID. So now I haven't been flying. I've been social distancing. I've been staying in the house as much as possible. Like my job is, you know, doing the the plan to get us slowly back in the office. I said, no, not I. I'll be the last yeah. one. Make sure all of them are good first. Mm-mm, I'm not going in there. So um, you was already social distancing before this became a thing. Right. I've been working from home for the last four years. Like I was working remotely even in Florida. So <laughs> COVID really didn't change anything for my life. Because you was, other than I you was already anywhere. used to it. You was yeah. already used to it. Um, I didn't ask this, but does, does breast cancer run in your family? No, I don't have the gene. I don't have a history of, of it in my family. 
um, I think they tested 17 genes. Okay. Inconclusive. And so right now, you're, are you considered in remission? Yes. Yes. Okay. So after I finished uh, radiation March 2017, that's when I was officially in remission because they felt like they got it all. Okay. So, and so like for me, I, I have to stay, I'm in remission. They say five years, you're good to go. What is it like for breast cancer? Is it the same thing? Is it five years or is just whenever it pops back up? Like what, what is that for breast cancer survivors? It depends on your type of breast cancer. So I said earlier, mine is invasive ductal carcinoma. It's also HER2 negative hormone positive. So that means that my naturally occurring hormones feed my cancer. Ooh. So estrogen, progesterone, feed my cancer. So that's why I'm in menopause right now. I've been in menopause for four years now. Um, and they want me to do it for a total of 10 years because they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to think that this is normal for any kind of treatment, but that's what it is. So I get an injection every four weeks and I take a pill every day to keep me in menopause. And then I take another pill for the side effects of menopause in my 30s. What, what are the um, Hot flashes, all the sweat all of it um you can be very uh irritable and moody um basically you act like an old bitty yeah so i you I became can't really even enjoy your summer because you already getting the heat plus you already feeling the heat i'm hot inside with air conditioning i have a fan blowing on me right now and i can burst into flames at any moment but with the the side effect medication it's a lot better than what it used to be i was literally sweating buckets all the time so now it's at least a little bit better yeah. now it's like three times a day i counted one day it was 20 times in 20 hours i had a hot flash 20 times well, jesus jesus so um earlier you mentioned you know it was disappointing that you could no longer breastfeed um do you want to have you know if it's too much you know uh to ask but like do you are you still looking forward to motherhood do you still want to have children so that's one of the things that I think is important going into it, especially a woman with hormone positive cancer. At yeah. the beginning of this, they asked me if I wanted to freeze my eggs, but it would be 10 grand up front. Depending on your situation, you may be able to get grants. I wasn't eligible because I work for the government. So I have government funded insurance. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't end up freezing my eggs. I was like, I'll, I'll take my risk. Mind you, I wasn't dating then. I'm not dating now. So right. me thinking about kids, I'm like, I'm not even in that headspace it's right now. Space, yeah. um, and then I have to like stop my treatment to try to have a kid, which means my hormones are going through the roof, which means my cancer might come back just so I can have this hypothetical baby. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then on top of that, you know, just all the regular things for kids, they're expensive, they're loud, it's a lot. I don't know. Um, so I, I don't know, but again, yeah. I'm single. So I'm like, eh, maybe one day, but I have my sister's like, Hey, I got eggs. My best friends are like, I'll carry it. I was like, oh, and y'all gonna keep me from stress merge. I love me. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a new father. I think I told you, um, you had the baby or y'all yeah, had the baby. So I, so I, I had a baby, um, two weeks ago. Yes. It's been Aww. two weeks, you know, baby girl. Um, and you mentioned about freezing. I didn't freeze my sperm. So this is a miracle baby. I, I Yeah. So, um, but I, I think that, you know, you know your body and, and thank God you have that village, you see what I'm saying, where you got surrogates and things of that nature. And so um, that's awesome. Awesome. Let me ask you, you know, how do you feel 
as a survivor and you're able to still do the things that you know you like to do being an investor an entrepreneur you know you got this finance blog like how does it feel you know to to be able to get through this in invasive i think i don't want to mess it up but this this type of cancer that's through hormones through the roots but you're still here i mean to be honest looking at you you you're vibrant you're the same vibrant flow that i knew from howard you see what i'm saying so how does it feel to be a survivor you know this is survivor's month how does it feel well thank you um i don't always feel as vibrant but again that's a mindset thing that's a positivity thing i don't wallow in my diagnosis and i try not to wallow in my ongoing treatment even though it is frustrating but i think my my thing is i'm here so i'm going to live while i'm here i'm going to learn from my mentor's example where i don't know how long i'm going to be here so let me yeah. make the most of it Right? right so i like to talk about personal finance so oh they're gonna pay me to talk about it okay shoot i could do this all day you know i still like to travel so now i can't travel as much as i used to because it's very draining on my body especially being dehydrated being in the air a long time and all that kind of stuff like i cannot travel the way i used to but yeah. maybe i don't go to four countries a year maybe i just go to one yeah you know maybe i take shorter trips stuff like that um but i'm like if I was a survivor or just surviving because I'm here, yeah. you got to make the most of your life. Like one thing I've learned, life is short. No matter if you get a cancer diagnosis or exactly. a bad report card, whatever it is, life is short. Make the most of what you got. And like, I've even been, you know, relearning algebra. And I was looking at my entrepreneurship textbook from Howard the other day. Like, whatever it is you want to do, just do it what's the worst that can happen right like yeah. just go for it Try, live yeah. while you have life in your body while you're able like i was uh working out the other day and i told my friend i was like isn't it crazy that we do simple stuff and we take it for granted like yeah. you can do crunches with your legs in the air there's somebody that can't do that they can't hold their legs up just little right. things like that or i couldn't raise my arms over my head and even now because of my surgery this arm doesn't stretch as far and i don't have the range of motion like i used to yeah but i can still use this arm they didn't have to take it, you know? Just live be positive fullest, and live. Like so, you know, here are positive deposits. I'm big on, you know, the positivity, the positive messages. Um, you know, that's what our not my nonprofit is founded on, the positive messages to to build that inspiration and hope. So if you could give any woman, any man that is dealing with breast cancer, you know, two to maybe three positive deposits, what would those be? First and foremost, appreciate the life you have, appreciate the love you have, and find the humor in every situation. Mm, it's there. I like that. Just dig for it. Wow. Those would be my three. And I feel like those three and have changed those again. my life. I like that. That I felt good. You know, <laughs> what were those three? You know, I used to be a poet back in the day. You know, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the life you have. Yeah just you have life in your body you're able you're you can move you can still think you can still function yeah that's a start wake up every day with gratefulness for that if you start yeah. there it'll just you know uh trickle down through the rest of your day even if exactly. you just hold on to that little bit especially when things get rough and hard you don't want to get out of bed right and guess what you're in a bed you know you got ac in this heat like yeah. <laughs> just little appreciate things just appreciate the life you have right appreciate the love you have your support system even when they're getting on your nerves they love you 
Yeah. You could be going through this by yourself. You could be going through this, you know, with people that didn't care or that shunned you because they didn't know how to handle it or whatever. Like I've had guys walk away from me because I said I had cancer. I'm like, okay, that's your loss. I'm great. I am freaking right. awesome. Cancer and right. all. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, when you have people that love you and that ride for you and that are like, we got cancer, we, we going to kick cancer. Got but it. Easy appreciate those people even if in those moments like i said they're getting on your nerves because it's gonna happen when you go through chemo you don't want to be bothered you don't right, right. You just want to go to sleep but appreciate those people yeah and then finally find the humor in every situation i don't think i don't think i had as much fun in a hospital as i did when i went in there with a smile on my face and just said hey to people and talk to strangers, especially people that look down in the lobby. He's like, right. girl, you got this. Right. Like, this is just a temporary situation. You're good. Like, I've met so many amazing people just talking to strangers at the hospital or people yep. seeing me smiling. And they're like, how? How do you sit here and smile going through treatment? I'm like, we're both right. in the same chair. It's a choice. It's a choice, yeah. There are people that dress up to go to chemo. There was this elderly lady that uh, had regular treatments and she would come in dressed to the nines every single time. I wore a dress almost every single uh, chemo session I had. And on my last day, they sang a song and they, they recorded me dancing to the song and they put it on the hospital Facebook nice. page because I was like, this is what we do. It's right. like, I'm here, I'm alive. I'm like, yeah, I'm in a chair, but guess what? I'm not at work. Somebody's gonna bring me lunch. I'm gonna have fun while I'm here. Just find so the humor in it, find some joy. Exactly. So I love that. Appreciate life, appreciate the love, and find humor in anything. Um, Flo, you know, um, it was so great talking to you, man. Like, um, just, you know, walking through your journey, it just, I'm smiling because, like, not only are you a bison, but you are a Howard hero. You are a Howard hero. And um, if folks, you know, want to, you know, stay in touch with what you're doing and things of that nature, how can they find you? You know, like Instagram, Facebook, your websites talk to us where, where can we find you instagram would be your best bet that's where i put most of my cancer related stuff and all of my finance stuff um so it's no cancer flow you know because i'm on okay. my no cancer flow <laughs> you see what okay. i did there? <laughs> so wordplay uh, word nice i try a little something, something. so n-o-c-a-n-c-e-r-f-l-o-w that's on instagram um i don't really use facebook that much anymore okay even though there are some great support groups on Facebook, but I've actually connected with a lot of like random thrivers and survivors on Instagram. We love okay. the hashtag. So um, you can find a lot of support for all those people that are going through it or know someone going through it. There are resources out there. I try to share those as much as possible, especially in my stories, because I follow a lady that's stage four in Canada and she has like her whole thrivers gang. Like, yeah, yeah. They go hard. They go so hard. Um, I, I follow a girl out of Brooklyn. She has like slate cancer shirts. Like I have several of her shirts. Okay. Um, any organization that really promotes like Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I support them. So I know a couple of finance folks that do that. Right, right. Um, but all of this stuff I share on my Instagram. So that's the best way to connect with me. And when I tell you strangers, hit me up in my DMs like, hey, I'm glad you share your story. I'm rooting for you. All of that. It's yeah. just like, this is so crazy. This is what social media is for. Moments like this. So you heard it, y'all. No Cancer Flow on Instagram. That's where you can find Flow, Miss mm -hmm. Lewis. And, you know, um, for those that don't know, 
You can catch Positive Deposit Podcast on all your streaming platforms and your YouTube channel. And so thank you, Flo, for being a guest, being our first Howard Bison guest. And um, thank you for having you. me. And um, we appreciate you. And it's oh, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you.